But yes, it is. I remember when Christiane Northrup's book came out too, because I had just left working in the hospital. I was working for a functional medicine doctor and he had her on his radio show. And I was like, why? Like my mind was blown open how important that book was at the time. And, you know, I think it just takes one person to take that first courageous step. And we're going to see, I mean, the menopausal space, the shelves still have so much room. Like I wish there were 20 more books because even if they all say the same thing or some version of it, the more people we have saying the same thing, the harder it is to ignore. And especially when the research is all there. Yes, you can forever have more studies on bioidentical hormones, but there are so many already. Girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you are meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. You know, I can't get enough talking about menopause, for sure. I always like to talk about it. I like to talk about the natural ways to restore your hormones. And I don't like to talk about hormone replacement, that term. I like to talk about hormone replenishment, replenishment, and empowering our bodies to do it naturally. We can, there's so many good options and so many good things that we can be doing on a regular basis that just isn't part of our mainstream medical system. I know I trained in the mainstream medical system. And in fact, I was on a call just yesterday with head of UT Southwestern's OBGYN department, and I was asking them about their um, menopause education and their sexual health education. They said, from the hundreds of physicians in the network, they have two physicians, one who is has somewhat of a menopause focus and the other has a sexual health and lichen sclerosis, vulvology practice. So disappointing, needless to say, disappointing, but I'm going to do what I can and try to get my foot in the door and, and teach some at least upcoming residents and, and uh, aspiring physicians something about menopause, women's health and sexual health. And another funny thing is that I've been talking about recently, I've been working to get additional copywriting support for my website, my team. And I have people apply and very quick to respond because number one, I want, I want to work with a really good storytelling people person copywriter. That's, that's so important to me. And I've had beautiful copywriters in the past. You know, we have intersections in life. But the first question I ask, how comfortable are you talking about the vagina? How comfortable are you talking about sex, women's health, vulva, incontinence, bladder leaking, and the list goes on. And very often I get the honest response, you know, after thinking about it, huh, not my expertise, or I'm not so comfortable with it. You know, so I think it's in, and you may not be comfortable hearing it, but I am here to tell you that it's so important that we start talking about these things so that we can 
feel empowered in our body and take and ask the right questions, take the next right step, be the support to the women and men in our lives and vice versa, allow support in our lives, ask for help, don't be ashamed, like I was in the past to ask for help. So today in conversation about menopause, I am bringing in a woman I've known for and followed for over 10 years. She was originally, if some of you have been listening since I was back and I held the Sexy Younger You Summit with my colleague, Robin Nielsen, way back, we did a couple, three summits, three summits in a, three years in a row. Esther Blum was one of those guests and excited to introduce her to you today. She's been for the past 27 years helping women master menopause through nutrition, hormones, and self-advocacy. Her book came out October 2022 called See You Later, Ovulator, and she's just been having a great time with it. So I'm happy to introduce her to you. She's so fun. You'll see for yourself. And here we go. Welcome, Esther, to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. It's good to see you again. Uh, it is good to be here. And can I start asking you a question? Because you brought up such a great point in your intro, which is how are we going to change the medical school paradigm? How will, I mean, it is really so lacking in this department. Like, what is it going to take? It's going to take it? an interdisciplinary approach. And it's going to take, I mean, it really is, it's going to take some loud voices. And I think we're on the verge because when I went to medical school out of 115 med students that year, I was one of 15 women in that group. So one of 15 out of 115 medical students. So that group is aging into menopause or on the other side of menopause. Now I'm 57 this year. So, you know, like that group is, is aging as well. And are finding that the things that we were taught or we weren't taught really impact our lives and that the, what's in our doctor's bag, like I found, you know, now way back when I was 39 and diagnosed with early menopause and infertility, that my doctor's bag was empty and I had to look for answers and people are starting to identify this as well. And, you know, men and women are finding this because medical system changed, you know, drastically. And it's, it's a really yeah. important question. I think it's also going to change because patients are saying, look, when, you know, this doctor said I can change my diet and that's going to help my hormones. And this doctor said bioidentical hormones are better than synthetic. And I felt better on it. I don't feel good on this option you've now given me. Can I go back to my bioidentical options? And so as more patients start saying that, and, you know, we have the ability as physicians to trust our intelligence and ability to use compounding pharmacies to really customize care and to know the difference between bioidentical and synthetic, but to customize care for our patients, that we'll start seeing more rapid change. So I, I love the question and we're in our infancy and it does take a village. It's going to take everyone listening and more to spread the word and to help change it. Yes. And, well, and even in marginalized communities, you know, where perhaps if compounding isn't uh, affordable to everyone, you know, there's FDA approved. I'm like, here's what I can't wrap my head around is why are there FDA approved bioidentical hormones that you can get through insurance that are if they're not being prescribed regularly? Well, like, I'm like, let's get, I mean, everyone, like the UK, I feel like Dr. Louise Newsom is such an incredible champion for women there that there are shortages of hormones. I mean, it's like the complete opposite spectrum. Here, we don't have shortages, but we just have a shortage of prescriptions. So 
that's why I wrote See You Later, Have You Later, because I was like, I'm sure like you, you know, just so frustrated and uh, with women being horribly gaslit in their medical care. Certainly my GYN never offered me anything. It was my functional doctor. And well, he teased me because he was like, you're the only patient I have who reads me her own test results and analyzes them. Because <laughs> I was like, I run my own tests. I'm like, here are my tests. Just can you get me on hormones? And he laughed. But, you know, it's all, every woman deserves exquisite menopause care. And so that's, I was like, okay, we have to change this. So people like you who are really luminaries in the field, thank God, because there's just... I wish there was a million of us in the field. You well, know, and, I wish the field was more saturated. And there needs to be. And also the, like, because I worked and I was a National Health Service Corps scholar. And so part of my repayment for that scholarship was to work in a rural area. So the reason I started getting really comfortable with compounding was because it's very affordable. When you compound mm -hmm. the prescriptions properly, they can last three. I mean, that one prescription can last them three months for the cost of a fraction of what a prescription medication will cost a cash pay person, or even if you have insurance and, and a deductible, then you have to go every month sometimes instead of every three months, those things, it's getting okay, better. But sometimes those compounds and you can combine the prescriptions. So they're, they're using only one or two versus four separate ones. And and so I think that's where, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I, I got really good at you know, being economical. And but then also, I will say it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. And you know that. <laughs> and <laughs> It does. That's right. I always say, like, you can't, you know, you can't out hormone your lifestyle, right? You, you exactly. Just, it has to be. And we were just talking offline before this conversation about, you know, just the stress alone can really throw you into a really depleted state hormonally. You know, I've had clients that have had trauma or sudden death of a parent and literally gone into menopause overnight, like prematurely, just the, you know, the HPA axis just shuts everything down. And that's understandable because why does your body want to ovulate when you're in a state of fight or flight? So it really shuts things down. And, you know, I noticed even, uh, you know, I lost my mom a month ago. Oh, and so my, sorry. Thank you. I mean, it was, it was like a three-week trajectory and she was gone. So, of course, I haven't say I was already in perimenopause. But now it's been like I have never gone this long without a cycle because my body's like no freaking way. We can't even – we've got no energy to, you know – do anything right now for you. So just take some adrenal supplements and rest and get massages. And that's kind of where I'm at, but it, it is, I definitely notice a difference in my body. Well, and it's good that you're aware of it. First of all, I'm going to send you some Mighty Maca right away because we're going to Yay. support those adrenals. <laughs> and it's, it's so important because this is, and you combine that high stress with perimenopause when our progesterone levels are dipping. And I yeah. always say it's like progesterone is the lid to our pressure cooker of our lives, mm. you know, and you take off that progesterone, it's depleted, then mm. it's like this can be mood swings, you know, inflammation, our risk of heart disease increases, our memory loss increases, all of those things. And yeah. it's tied to the fact that progesterone is, you know, like we're going to make cortisol in sacrifice of progesterone. So when we're pumping out our stress hormone cortisol, our progesterone's plummeting and, and you feel it like you're in the midst of it. And it's, it's just not a good place. So what are things that now yeah. in, 
with this and knowing this, that you're, how are you refilling your pot, so to speak? How are you navigating this, if you don't mind sharing? And and full disclosure, I am already on bioidentical hormones. So right, but the hormones alone are not enough. So A, I let myself nap and I'm fortunate to work at home and I could nap between my own patient calls uh, when I needed to. And I joined a grief group to get emotional support. And I have a really, you know, incredible network of friends and family. So I'm very grateful for that. But I also spend a lot of time in nature and I actually upped my walking. You know, I generally walk eight to 10,000 steps a day. Now I've been getting more like 15,000 a day because to me, just the physical movement is a big release for me and really helps me sleep. Like I wasn't sleeping when my mom was in crisis. And I also, obviously, you know, diet is really important to me. I had a really hard time eating when my anxiety was severe, but everything I did eat was super nutrient dense. You know, I have a lot of protein. I have a lot of veggies. I wasn't having any sugar or alcohol, but I stayed really well hydrated too. I put a lot of electrolytes in my water all throughout the day. And I didn't, I I cut back on my strength training. I just didn't have the physical. Now I'm getting back into it again, but I just didn't have the bandwidth. So really listening to your body. You know, I meditate. I've been meditating every night for years. So I just kept up with my meditation, but I added a five minute one in the morning. So just like boosting. And most importantly, the biggest decision I made, the the best antioxidant to me is the word no. So I literally, I called, I had a team meeting and I said, ladies, I am not doing the launch we planned this summer. I am not saying yes to any new commitments through the end of June. And I booked uh, a vacation for myself instead. (laughs) So that's to me, like the now not everyone can, you know, do all those things. If you don't work for yourself, maybe it's not as easy, but just having top of mind of like making a to don'ts list, right? What can I take off my plate right now? Because there's no way I'm going to be functional. There's no way I'm going to be showing up as my truest best self. So what can I just, and to me, like giving myself the permission not to work restored my energy a lot more quickly because I took the pressure off to try and be all things to all people right now. Oh my gosh, I love this share. Thank you so much for sharing this. And I would just want to emphasize that you, you know, that community, the grief group, your family, like that connection to community, it's a big dose of, oh, of oxytocin. And knowing yeah. you're supported and you're not alone, that that you have that in nature, again, reduces cortisol and that you've recognized that and, you know, increased your nature walks by 50%. I mean, that's that's a huge commitment. And then again, I like one thing I always tell women, self-care is selfless. Self-care is necessary. Necesito. <laughs> <laughs> Muy necesito. And I just came back from my own self-care journey to Mexico where I was like, I got to, I got to get off the grid. I got to try to get off the grid for two weeks. And let me, well, I was just really going to go for six days. And then I extended it. I was just like, I need more, I need more off the grid. I totally need this nature. I was in the jungle and I loved it. I had a great restorative time. And so keeping some of those um, practices incorporated into a daily basis, it's, after going away is a challenge, whether it's a retreat, whether it's a, you know, a, a health club or health spa, or you know, incorporating this into your daily life. And I love your routine. That's great. 
and food. Now, why did you write See You Later, Ovulator? Uh, I wrote See You Later, Ovulator out of a place of feeling really pissed off and disgusted at just the lack of support at the stories of gaslighting I was hearing from my own patients. Like one of them told me the story of how she went to her GYN. She said, I, I think it's my hormones. I'm not sleeping. And the GYN was like, oh, I take Benadryl shots every night, but you can have a prescription for the pill. And I was like, oh, that is not okay. Or hearing, and this is, these are stories I've heard hundreds of times, but uh, the doctors who literally hold up their hands and say, if you're going to talk to me about hormones, you need to leave. I'm not talking about that with you in my practice. That I've heard many times, or I've heard, you know, some doctors are open to it, but they don't know how to retest. They don't know how to monitor. They don't even know how to dose. Like my patients have said to me, can you tell my doctor what dosage of hormones I need to be on. And I'm like, please understand, I'm not a doctor. And that is, you know, out of my jurisdiction. I'm not licensed as a physician. So you really need to find a doctor who is going to treat you and prescribe you. I can only recommend and say, please work with a functional doctor. Here's what your tests show, but that's it. So I wrote it to really just be incredibly transparent and open the kimono on my practice and say, You'll, you can work with me or you can work with other practitioners out there, but here's the testing you need. Here's some treatment options. Here's diet, here's lifestyle, here's supplements, here's stress management, here's sexual wellness, and just normalize these conversations. I mean, even in my group coaching program, I did all whole class on like, masturbation and vibrators. And I think everyone was just so excited to have like a safe, open, normal conversation about it because some women, you know, I pull my friends, I'm like, do you talk about this with other people? And they're like, oh God, no, I talk about you, but I don't. I'm like, why are we not talking about it? Whereas my 16 year old son, it's like masturbation is just completely normalized for dudes. Why is it not normalized for girls? Why is it not presented as an option when regular sex really hurts us, you know, or maybe hurting us while we're transitioning? You know, there's just so many things that we need to talk about and normalize. So that's why I wrote it. Because like, to, and the beauty is, you know, so many gorgeous research studies in there to support the work that I've done. So if patients are uncomfortable advocating for themselves at the doctor's office, they can literally hand the doctor my book and say, I, I have like 20 pages of research studies to support the safety and efficacy of bioidentical hormones or the importance of eating enough protein or all the things so they don't have to fight. Because that's the other thing is that it can be very uncomfortable to confront a white coat or, or challenge a physician. I'm not always 100% comfortable with it too. So I wanted to give women the tools for self-advocacy and say, here's how you can have a conversation with your doctor that doesn't feel aggressive, but it just feels just like a nice conversation for yourself. Oh, that's so true. And I, it flashed me back to early 2000 when I was in my private clinic in McIntosh County in Georgia, uh, below Savannah, Georgia. And 
uh, had my rural clinic there and a client came up and she had came to see me and she handed me the book published by Dr. Christiane Northrup, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom in 2000. And I've since become friends with Christiane Northrup and uh, interviewed her a couple times. And she said, you know, she had to hide that book. She had to hide the press release from her colleagues so they didn't shun her. And, you know, and, and she didn't risk losing her seat or her status. And but she was so committed to doing it. So trailblazing and, and you're trailblazing. And I know I'm trailblazing at a, a point of desperation as well to create this awareness. Women's bodies, women's wisdom. Don't take that away from us. Give us the intelligence to make our own decisions. Give us the empowerment to, you know, to trust in our intuition and make those right next steps and give us the education. And I don't know, Esther, I compare this sometimes. I get on this tangent. I'm like, you know, 500 years ago, they didn't let the common man read the Bible. And that's how we're treating <laughs> lab tests. Like you, you're not supposed to see your lab results or just have to know that I've checked it off for you and I've given you guidance here. Listen to what I say. But reading the lab test is our 2023 Bible. I mean, that is so yeah. important that we read it, understand it, and act and modify based on a piece of that guideline. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's, oh, I, I lost my train of thought. I was where I was going with this. But, but yes, it is. I remember when Christiane Northrup's book came out too, because I had just left working in the hospital. I was working for a functional medicine doctor and he had her on his radio show. And I was like, why? Like my mind was blown open how important that book was at the time. And, you know, all I, I think it just takes one person to take that first courageous step. And we're going to see, I mean, the menopausal space, the shelves still have so much room. Like I wish there were 20 more books because even if they all say the same thing or some version of it, the more people we have saying the same thing, the, the harder it is to ignore, and especially when the research is all there. Yes, you can forever have more studies on bioidentical hormones, but there are so many already. And the problem is, you know, with the whole bioidentical hormone scaring the crap out of people situation is the women's, that darn women's health initiative study was really the most misogynistic thing that happened to women because the data was not interpreted correctly. So basically the data was interpreted just in plain, simple terms. If you think about the results said, well, a woman's, if you go on estrogen, first of all, the study used synthetic estrogen from the urine of pregnant horses. It was Premarin. So that's not really bioidentical to a woman's body. No. Number two, there was no progesterone to oppose that estrogen. And number three, the study was given to women over 10 years or over out of menopause, which is not a typical time to start. So basically the data was interpreted as such where it said, oh, that women are increasing their risk of cancer rates on bioidentical hormones. That risk in real numbers translated from four per 10,000 women to five per 10,000 women. So it was really not statistically significant to make a difference. And since then, that's, uh, if you go to the North American Menopause Society website, I believe it's menopause.org, they debunked that study quite beautifully. And there are many articles that do. And we now know that bioidentical hormones are safe for long-term use. Even the 
Framingham nurses study looked at women using vaginal estrogen for 18 years. There was absolutely zero change in cancer risk. And bioidentical hormones are microdoses anyway. They're really low dose. We're not looking to restore your hormones to that. But 30-year-olds are get you ovulating again. It's not like that. It's just enough to offset the risk of losing gray matter in your brain and being able to form new thoughts and new sentences and have cognitive function and happy mood and also offset bone loss and heart disease risk. So it's really pretty safe and it's just, it's a crime. To me, it's still the, the testosterone not being FDA approved for women is also still a real thorn in my side because that's also a, just a hormone that's not addressed either for women. And it's really, really important. Oh, it's so it's so important. And I think that also, and I love everything you said, and I was, a, you know, I was a researcher and I'd been part of, I did a, a leg of the research for the HERS trial, which was the first study looking at estrogen replacement and cardiovascular disease or heart health. And, and so it would, showed increase in blood clots and this was, this was what we recognized with oral estrogen. So then when the Women's Health Initiative was doing this study on oral estrogen yet again, and with or without synthetic progestin, it's like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And I was in practice, solo practice in July of 2002, when that study was halted. I can remember around, I think it was right around that time. And in August, I wrote a complete dissertation on it because I looked at the numbers. And since then, the follow-up study has shown, but what happened is that women, not in my practice, but women around the country were being pulled off their hormones abruptly. And that creates depression, mood swings, rapid aging. I mean, all these, these, situations instead of looking again at the type of the way we're replacing hormones. And there's so much misinformation around that. And I think we still have a long way to go. And and I, I think when you said the word misogynistic, and I never like to use that word very much, but I, I parallel it to the word anti-estrogen, the most you know, the most misogynistic word in our in our health space, I think. And it's not like oh, time and time again, like transdermal estrogen. And, and even in that study, oral estrogen didn't increase the risk of breast cancer, but that was what was headlined and scares women till today. And we knew back in 1999 that vaginal estrogen, if you even had a history of breast cancer, was safe and decreased morbidity and mortality. So I think that's so important. And, you know, I would say vaginal estrogen is not enough. You need the DHEA on board. You need that DHEA on board, which is a precursor at the intrinsic, at the cellular, for topical DHEA. Hence, it's in my Jolva, full disclosure, along with other synergistic ingredients. But DHEA at the intrinsic level converts to a little bit of testosterone and estrogen. So works on that vulvar vaginal tissue, which is so vascular, especially mm. if you catch it early enough, but it's never too late to regenerate that tissue. And the hormone effect on the fascia, the stiffness like that creates that, you know, as far as the vagina goes, thin, inflexible vaginal tissue, because you don't have the, the hormone, the good lubricant, essentially lubricating the fascia. And that 
That's why you go through perimenopause, menopause, and all of a sudden your hands hurt or your feet hurt. That's a hormonal insufficiency. So adding that back, and I typically start with progesterone, bioidentical progesterone in a transdermal, because I like transdermals. You can increase and decrease, trust your intuition as you get good at it, and DHEA, and then estrogen and testosterone. And a little bit, I think we also can over-medicate with testosterone and it, yeah. you know, hormones affect our physiology, physiology affects our behavior for the good, for the bad. And it's important to recognize that too. So yeah, this is important yeah. to get this information out. Well, and adding to your progesterone and joint pain discussion, like people don't realize it's a natural corticosteroid. So yes, it helps with the joint aches and pains and it helps with that anxiety too, because we do, we get this is that time in life when, you know, we often have aging parents and we may still have kids at home and it's sandwiched. You're really pulled, you're sandwiched. And often, ironically, like if you've been building your career, this is the time when, you know, you're empowered the most in your 40s and 50s. So usually your career's taking off. It's a lot of plates up in the air and anxiety can really kick in with that decline in progesterone. You're not making those calming neurotransmitters without it. So yes, I love, I'm a huge fan. Tell me how you feel about this, but I'm a huge fan of bringing progesterone in mid forties, you know, long before you're in even menopause, just bringing it in just the luteal phase of the month, because it really offsets those crime scene periods and the clots and the, and the heavy, heavy flows, but also really helps with the severe anxiety and insomnia. Well, first, I like how visual we are, crime scene periods. I mean, <laughs> bathed in blood. I totally get that visual right away. Oh, my gosh. Totally. I always say, you know, because I've been doing this now for so long, for 30 years, yeah. you know, at some point, you know, over 20, 25 years, that I always like, if, if I can, sometimes it's a quick, let's quick fix. I'm going to give you every single hormone I can for right now. And then, I, <laughs> you know, then we'll work on this. But, you know, changing the diet, changing the lifestyle, supporting your adding the adaptogen, supporting your body's own ability to make your progesterone to make your DHEA. That's always part of it. That's why I say hormone replenishment, not replacement. And because when we do progesterone, when we do, we can, we're suppressing our body's own ability to make it like what we do with the birth control pill in a way, right? Not to the extreme or the degree, but yeah. in a way, and we want that our body to continue to produce hormones, you know, the rest of our life to some level, we never I hate the word dry up. We never dry up. Our hormones never <laughs> completely dry up. But it, our progesterone at that point is going to our stress hormone cortisol because like you said, sandwich, caregiver on one hand, raising, for me, it was teenage daughters. I'm like, ooh. Uh, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And yeah. so you have a lot of stressors and it is, you know, that plummets your progesterone level. So supporting your adrenals, support, yeah. supporting your self-care, adding it back you know, when you need it, and especially cyclically, can be very, very beneficial as long as we're doing that. And even po like with or without a uterus, yes. progesterone. Okay. How do I convince my patients that you still need progesterone even without a uterus? I'm like, you do value your brain tissue, right? I mean, it's, it's, and the doctors are like, nope, no uterus, no progesterone. I'm like, that's not how it works. So how do I convince? And as a practitioner, I'm asking, can you imagine if you're the patient listening to this? 
Yeah. How do you convince yeah. your doctor? Let's say you're listening to the show. Well, I think this like, is, yeah, this is, it's, it's really important. Progesterone is one of the mother hormones and it is necessary for brain health, for collagen production, for fascia, for bone health. I mean, there's so, it is the top down hormone. It's progesterone is more important than estrogen, in my opinion. And it is that top down hormone. It will going to metabolize to DHEA and estrogen and testosterone downstream. But if you don't have enough progesterone, you're not making anything. And so that's why I think it's that top down. Plus, I'll tell you from experience, as a, as a physician in practice, and as I started using progesterone in my patients who'd had a hysterectomy, for whatever reason I was doing it for initially to maybe get them a good night's sleep or to you know, help them with their memory, because progesterone in the brain is potent, potent, yeah. so important. Yeah. Hence the PMS mood swings. I mean, I started seeing this. If I can get your progesterone up in the second half of your cycle, those mood swings, those PMS symptoms right. go away. And so as I started using it, patients came back one after the other, after the other and said, Dr. Anna, I feel like a cloud has lifted. Dr. Anna, I was seeing the world in dull colors. Now everything yeah. is bright and beautiful again. And over and over and over again. And, and so that really made me dig into further the research on progesterone in the brain and way back in 20, uh, early 2000s. So actually at Emory University, the neurosurgery department was studying progesterone, bioidentical progesterone in the brain. And as long as they were using the bioidentical progesterone, they saw tremendous results. When they were using a a modified version, they were they did not see those results. So I think I think that's the first and foremost. And the reason that whole statement came that you don't need progesterone without a uterus is because the only reason progesterone was prescribed initially and made by Wyeth Ayers, a company that I worked for way back when, was because the Premarin unopposed estrogen causes endometrial cancer. Uh, you know, unopposed estrogen causes endometrial cancer. That's why the progestins were created and you can't patent bioidentical progesterone. The only company that did that was the company made, who made Prometrium. They patented the delivery system. Thank you. I'm so glad they did that versus they didn't plant, you know, patent the progesterone because they couldn't. So I think there's, there's that huge piece of it, Esther, that physicians aren't aware of because this is what they're told. But the problem now we know through the Women's Health Initiative that progestin, not all progestin, progesterones are created equal. Progesterone is not progestin. Synthetic is detrimental to the breast, increases your risk of breast cancer, heart disease, dementia, et cetera. So it's the synthetic, that's the problem, not the bioidentical. And it's also the reason I created my balance cream, which is over the counter without prescription for it has progesterone, pregnenolone and tripeptides and essential oils. So it's a combination that women who feel empowered and they're not getting anywhere, plus it's inexpensive, they can use a transdermal, very, very safe option. And that is part of their, as their lifestyle regimen or choice. And so there are some, so this, that's an option, like at least to get that if you can't convince. And then I would just keep saying, just keep, you know, keep asking your physician, keep yes. talking about this and say, just let me try it for two months. Let me just see. That's exactly it. Just let me try. What have you got to lose? Like it's, yeah. And, and like, watch me feel better and then send more people to you. I mean, it's so silly, but 
Also, you know, the research I've done on vat progesterone post-hysterectomy was done with vaginal progesterone, bioidentical, as a better way was what the studies were claiming than Prometrium. Do you have a preference in practice? Like, or have you noticed trends or research one way versus the other? So definitely, like when it comes to fertility and supporting the luteal phase, vaginal progesterone is really good for that luteal phase defect and or someone with recurrent miscarriages, I do that. And I'm, I created topicals because I'm like, if it doesn't give you pleasure, don't put it in the vagina. <laughs> So that's kind of like, you know, that's like a barrier to a barrier to entry. No pun intended. (laughs) It's one of the like to do, you know, a suppository regularly, but it does again, the vagina is so vascular. Plus, you know, if you have the the creams or the suppository, definitely use them vaginally. You can use them rectally. You can. And that area is so vascular. It can help that tissue. The other piece that is so important, it's why I always say clitoris to anus, most important real estate is anal fissures, anal hemorrhoids. You know, those are things that are also a result of the thinning of the tissue and the loss of good, healthy fascia and musculature in in the perineal area and using your hormones there too. Use them there. Yes. I, and I have heard from a lot of women on Instagram tell me they use Prometrium rectally because they didn't tolerate it in other delivery systems. I was like, oh, that's fascinating to me. I had never heard that before. Instagram. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. It's fascinating. The delivery systems uh, really yeah. are. Yeah. And that comes to, you know, the whole concept of, you know, progesterone hypersensitivity. Some people just don't tolerate it well. And I think that, again, stemmed from hormone disruptors, maybe long-term synthetic progestin use or some other, you know, hormone disruption that can create that propensity to that hypersensitivity. And it's like- And poor methylation pathways too, I find really are a big problem too or just not having enough nutrients to support methylation with the difference. Oh, I, I agree. I love everything you're saying. Well, tell our audience where they can get your book, Esther. See you later, ovulator. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. It's very simple, digital. If you buy the digital version, it has all the hyperlinks to the research days. You just click on them versus having to copy and paste. But Paper or digital is great. You can definitely follow me at Gorgeous Esther on Instagram. And if you sign up for my, if you come join my list, my little tribe, which is ever growing, you can download my free happy hormone cocktail. And tell us about that. Yes. So that is at estherblum.com forward slash cocktail. So that is really amazing resources that you can use to really immediately start help supporting your hormones through nutrition, through lifestyle. And so it's really valuable information in there. Ah, that is awesome. So at The Girlfriend Doctor, we have four pillars, nourish, awaken, shine, and embrace. And so I'd like to ask you a quick hot seat questions, one in each pillar. So for nourish, what is your favorite hormone balancing meal or food that you're like, oh my gosh, if I could just keep eating this all the time, I would. Yeah, sweet potatoes with a protein, either a steak or a fish or a a poultry or even scrambled eggs with the yolks. And sweet potatoes are just the root vegetables are so grounding and so incredibly rich in antioxidants, so easy on the digestive system. So that's like my comfort food go-to. Oh, can they be sweet potato fries? No, yeah, sure. 
Go for it. <laughs> I love that. Baked sweet potato fries. So good. Yes. Um, and shine. Shine is like what gives you that glowing complexion, that beautiful hair. What is something, a part of your skincare routine or supplement routine? You're like, okay. Yes. Well, A, you know, the quality of oils that you use, right? You, you often just need an oil change from within. So we cook with a lot of really high antioxidant olive oil. We use pastured butter. We use some avocado oil. We eat avocados and nuts regularly and egg yolks. I love liver. I love pate. Also, that to me is great. And then I only use like essential oils on my face. I don't, everything I use is super, super clean, clean makeup, all of that. And yeah, like meditation to try and like decrease the the brow furrowing all the time. <laughs> I think we should just be able to iron that out, you know? I, I just... know, I know, seriously. Uh, there's a funny movie. I think it's it's complicated and Meryl Streep just sits there like with her hands on the, like pulling the lines apart. It's really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I've got to watch that one. I love oh, Meryl Streep. It's so funny. Yeah. It's a great movie. Great movie. And Embrace. So you've been married for a number of years now. What is something that keeps your intimacy and you connected? Mm, 20 years this November, we will be married. And yeah, I mean, we are so tight. You know, COVID really busted up a lot of couples. For us, it really just really kept us so together and intimate. I mean, I feel like listening and really consciously listening, putting the phone down, making time to go on dates with each other. We go on walks together. We walk the dog. We, we both are working from home a lot now. So we like, we'll meet at noon to walk the dog. We'll meet again at four. We have these like mini dates. So it's just, it's constantly connecting and communicating everything that's going on. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And then Awaken, what's on your bedside table for reading right now? What are you reading that you're just like loving? Oh, well, I always have kind of a mix of like spiritual books and then strategic business books. So <laughs> I have a book on my bedside called Emergent Strategy. I haven't started it yet, but it's on my bedside table. And then I always love the book Outrageous Openness by Tosha Silver or The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovel Shin. Those are books on really partnering with the divine, bringing in abundance, attracting a lot of good. Like I've really worked on developing a spiritual practice in my life and really partnering with the divine for abundance. And there's, if you're really clear on your goals, right? The, the problem is it's never that we're not dreaming. It's that we're not dreaming big enough. And so if you're really clear on like your big, hairy, audacious goals, then there's nothing. I mean, everything that I've ever manifested, I have gotten in my life. So but the problem was, if, if I wasn't clear, I surely didn't get it. So that's the other book I love, uh, especially for women. It's called We Should All Be Millionaires. It's by Rachel somebody. Rachel Rogers, I think is her name. Oh my gosh, you've just given me so many good books. I am an avid oh, yes. reader. So Game yes. of Life, Outrageous. What was the first one, Outrageous? Um, outrageous Openness by Tosha Silver. Openness. She's like a polyamorous astrologer. Like she's polyamorous with religion and deities and spirituality. So Outrageous Openness, uh, The Game of Life and How to Play It is another great book. We Should All Be Millionaires. 
I will check these out. You know, I'm reading Dan Sullivan's new book, uh, 10X is Better Than 2X. And our 10X is easier than 2X. 10X is easier than 2X. So that is the current one on my bedside table right now. I just got it in the mail yesterday. So I'm excited to to dig into that too. He's the one we're 10% happier, right? I don't know if that's one of his. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the Dan Sullivan, uh, 10x is uh, easier than 2x. He has the strategic okay. coach business. Just, just lovely, lovely person. Yeah, have to check out that too. Did you like that one? 10 percent happier. 10 percent happier. Yeah, that was really great. Oh my gosh, good. <laughs> well, thank you. And how do people find you? They've yeah. got gorgeous Esther on Instagram, a growing tribe, lovely there, and your website. The website is estherblum.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-B-L-U-M.com. And if you do forward slash cocktail, you'll get my happy hormone cocktail and you'll get my weekly love letters, which are just chock full of resources that I don't always talk about online. Like I really try and make my content different and unique so that, you know, you get a nice cross pollination on all platforms. But yeah, it's been so great catching up with you. I feel like I want to come back and just, I'm just going to blow up your inbox (laughs) with questions. I mean, just for me clinically, I always appreciate having a a functional GYN to speak to about these questions because so much of the training, right? I certainly didn't learn this even with a master's in clinical nutrition. It's really been, we are all learning about hormones and menopause more on, you know, YouTube and Instagram than we are in doctor's offices. So it's like, we really, you know, having these resources is gold. And from a woman who's practiced as long as you have, you know, it's just pure gold. So thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for saying that. And I'm here to help any way I can. So thank you for <laughs> being here. You guys definitely check her out. Estherbloom.com forward slash cocktails. Get that recipe, make it and <laughs> snapshot a picture. Tag us at the girlfriend doctor on Instagram and at gorgeous Esther on Instagram. Share your picture of that. I would love to see that. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in and having this conversation with us and having this conversation with the people you care most about. Everything that was said in this conversation, in this podcast today is research-based, has scientific proof and validity behind it, but also clinical experience clinical experience from both of us, from both of our differing practices and our own personal lives to be here to say, look, you know, I'm here to help you, to support you and lead you right where are challenging some really big industrial norms and societal myths. And so it's important for us to continue to have this conversation. Please let me know what you're thinking. Like this, share it and comment. I look forward to having more conversations like this, going deeper and continuing to serve you and be your girlfriend doctor. Till next time. Thank you, everyone.